This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is, giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here. This is the number one show at 5 o'clock and... Uh, we're broadcasting out of WABC Studios in Midtown, 770 on your dial, wabcradio.com worldwide. And in the studio with us, we have uh, uh, Judge uh, Richard Weinberg, and he's a common-sense Democrat, and we have a common-sense Republican, Craig Eaton, uh, 10 years GOP chair of Brooklyn, and uh, still stays in touch with Brooklyn pretty well. And uh, I have a sidekick uh, Next to me, she's back. She's back. She was out yesterday. Yes. Uh, we have Lydia Serrani. COVID-free. We have a great show today, don't we? Absolutely. We have an amazing show. We are going to be speaking with Dr. Peter Mikolos and why you should may, maybe hold off on taking that aspirin. We'll also be talking to Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman about an incredible crime that happens on Long Island. Again, indicative of just how crazy these bail reform laws are. Then we're going to talk to Andrew McCarthy of the National review. We're going to talk about Biden and more and Elon Musk. But first on the line, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz, just a couple of decades at Harvard Law and just a Brooklyn boy at heart. At heart, And he's always here at WABC every Tuesday. Welcome to Cats at Night once again, Professor Dershowitz. Hey, I always look forward to being on on Tuesday nights and I always uh, look forward to talking to people who remind me of where I come from. Brooklyn, well, we're going yeah. to we're going to make that special that special show uh, about Brooklyn, great. and you got to pick all the people that you want on your show. Oh, I, it's very easy. I was just the other day. I walked into in Prospect Park, and I was in the Botanic Gardens, and I I went on the Celebrity Walk of Fame. And it has all the famous people from Brooklyn, and I was honored to be among them. Wow! So if people don't if people don't like me, they can step on me in in the <laughs> botanic gardens. But there are wait, enough wait, wait, wait. there. That- it gets worse. It, 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 under the law now, they're allowed to urinate on you. <laughs> oh my God! I don't sure. I'm not so sure about that. But, and uh, defecate on, on you too. Again. You know what, Professor, you know what's funny is anywhere you go, you run into people and you say you're from Brooklyn and they have a a cousin there or they grew up there or their grandmother was from there. What what was the statistics? One out of eight people or something? (laughs) Come from Brooklyn, yeah. Uh, You know, my, my, my most treasured possession is I own the Brooklyn Dodgers 1955 World Series ring that was the only year the, the Dodgers won the World Series and, uh, uh, my World Series ring uh, was was actually owned by Don Zimmer, who ultimately became a coach, of course, for the Boston uh, Red Sox. And then he must uh, have needed the, the money. And, yeah, well, the family sold it, I think. Yeah, that's horrible when they do those things. All right, let's get yeah. let's get down to action. Well, what's the first yeah. question we're asking uh, uh, the professor? How do you well, feel about Twitter? About- so are we going to have? Well, I love- are we going to have freedom of speech, or or is the woke culture going to blow up the deal? 
No, we're going to have freedom of speech a lot more than we have now on Twitter. And, you know, to me, the way the the woke people reacted shows they're afraid of freedom of speech. They don't want freedom of speech. They want freedom of speech for me, but not for thee. The head of the NAACP said, oh, freedom of speech is great, but not if it's disinformation or misinformation or hate speech. Who's going to decide what constitutes disinformation and misinformation? Chief Justice Rehnquist once says, the Constitution doesn't recognize a false idea. The First Amendment doesn't recognize a false idea. So I have a proposal for Musk. I hope he'll listen. He should announce that Twitter is going to follow the First Amendment. They don't have to because they're a private company. But he's going to announce that as a matter of policy, the First Amendment is going to apply to Twitter. If it could be banned under the First Amendment, like child pornography or incitement to immediate violence, it will be banned. But unless it satisfies the criteria for the First Amendment, it will be allowed to be posted on Twitter, and- which means there's going to be a lot of bad stuff on, the, on Twitter, a lot of uh, hate uh, messages, a lot of falsehoods. But that's what the First Amendment's all about. Agree. Let, let the bullets fall as they may. And I understand he's getting, they're getting bullets from the woke culture, or, and they're also getting bullets from uh, President Trump. Oh, of course. And from President Biden. Biden issued a statement today through his press secretary worrying. He didn't say it shouldn't happen, but worrying about what's going to happen. You know, when the framers of our First Amendment wrote the First Amendment, they realized they were involving the country in an experiment, in a dangerous experiment. Free speech is dangerous. It can hurt people. It can cause harm. But as Churchill once said about democracy, It's the worst possible thing, except for all the others that have been tried over time. What do you want instead of free speech? Censorship? Who's going to make that decision? The head of the NAACP, the woke culture people? No. Alan, it's it's Richard Weinberg. Years ago, when you and I were younger, you could rely on the American Civil Liberties Union to protect freedom of speech. But they're not part of the woke culture. (laughs) They're now part of the woke culture, and they're doing nothing to protect freedom of speech on campus and the media in any other places. And so, you know, we need people like us uh, on radio to promote freedom of speech because we can't count on the ACLU to do it. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, one uh, civil rights activist, Sean King, he's actually a white man and he pretends to be a black guy. Do you know him? He's known by like people joke and call him Talcum X because he's white and he's trying to pretend he's Malcolm X. So so anyway, he he deleted his Twitter. Then he got back and now he is throwing. It always seems like there's three common denominators against conservatives. They're either racist, they're sexist or what was or they, they love Trump or something. I mean, there's always something with them. So now Sean King is saying that Elon Musk is an openly racist and, and bigot. And he was raised by white nationalists. I mean, does this surprise you that these kind of targeted attacks? And, of course, they're now going after Elon Musk's taxes as well. Of course, that's going to happen. When you take on the woke culture, you're going to be attacked. Look, I took on the woke culture. I've been attacked and I wear it as a badge of courage. But um, Musk doesn't know what he's got himself into because there's going to be gang up by CNN. There's going to be gang up by The New York Times. No, no, CNN, CNN is out of business. There, there's a new boss in town in CNN. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm suing CNN. They, this is a joke. They offered to settle by giving me CNN Plus. But I think <laughs> it's now, worthless. Uh, all right. Next subject. Uh, what's our next subject, guys? Okay, title forty two. Oh, the title forty two. 
The, What's going to happen? How many Democrats are, are yelling at the president to not not to do it, not to to allow all these people in without without checking them to make sure that at least they're not criminals? Well, the real question, and it's the question that is the most important question in America today, is what, when does the legislature get to decide these issues, and when does the president and the executive branch get to decide these issues, and how should the judiciary react if it's not left up to the legislature, if it's given over to the executive? These are questions that are legislative in nature. The legislature should make the law. The president should simply enforce the law. And I think we're going to see lots and lots of litigation around that issue. Well, you have it also with the Remain in Mexico case that's going to the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and you know, we're seeing the same issue now with uh, mask mandates and uh, with vaccine mandates. Who decides? Is it the executive branch? Is it the legislature? You know, I'm in favor of a mask mandate, but only if the legislature decides it, only if there's a debate in Congress. If they hear all the sides of the issue and then they make a legislative determination that it's necessary, I don't want administrative agencies making the law. And there's been much, much too much of that in the last years. And what about and Alan, what about treaties? The Iran deal is coming back and they they subjugated the uh, the treaty responsibility of the Senate last time. They're going to do it again. Well, what can be done about that? They, 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 well, there should be a lawsuit. I know there are people considering a lawsuit. It is a treaty. Let's be clear about that. There's no dispute it's a treaty. It walks like a treaty. It quacks like a treaty. It looks like a treaty. It's a treaty. It involves multiple countries with legal obligations enforceable. That's a treaty. The framers of the Constitution would have no question that it requires a two-thirds vote of the Senate. And yet the Obama administration circumvented the Senate and decided on its own to have that treaty. It was a terrible treaty, a terrible decision. And I'm afraid that the Biden administration is going to make the same mistake. But this time they're going to be sued and you're going to get a bunch of senators uh, going to court and saying you've deprived us, the senators, of our constitutional role. And they have standing to bring that lawsuit, don't they? I would think so. And I'm going to be on their side and I'm going to help them uh, because I believe very strongly that this is a matter that has to be treated like a treaty. And speaking of lawsuits, Professor Dershowitz, just to switch topics, there is a coach out of Washington State. He's a former high school football coach, Joseph Kennedy. He's been fighting this fight since 2015. For seven years, he was kneeling down after a game. Some of his players decided to join. He would say a quick prayer. And all of a sudden, the school said, listen, you can't do that anymore. It's either stop praying or lose your job. He decided, you know what? I am not going to give up my freedom of religion, of expression. And if people can kneel for any other reasons, why can't I? I kneel before and and praise the almighty God. So now he's taken the case all the way up to the Supreme Court, which has started deliberations. What Monday, I believe yesterday they started it. So he's probably going to win, but I don't think he should win. Let me tell you why. What if instead of it being a Christian coach who did Christian prayer, he got to the middle of the field and said, now Allah, I want to praise Allah and I want to invoke Sharia law. And I want to pray to the God of the Muslim people. Would the, would, the, would the school tolerate that? If the school wouldn't tolerate Muslim prayer, if the school wouldn't tolerate Hindu prayer, if the school wouldn't tolerate atheist invocation of some kind of philosophy, and if it wouldn't accept Jewish prayer, it cannot accept Christian prayer. 
So to me, the question is not whether you're preferring religion over kneeling for the Star Spangled Banner, but whether you're picking and choosing among religions. Remember, too, that the First Amendment was written in large part to protect Catholics in this country because everybody hated Catholics back in 1793. You should read Jefferson and Adams' letters about Catholics, how they're going to ruin the country and Jesuits are going to spoil the country. And every state was establishing a different form of Protestant religion. And the framers of the First Amendment said, no, government can't pick and choose between religions. And I think that in this case, if it hadn't been a Christian prayer, uh, I don't think the school board would have allowed it. So I'm I'm a dissenter on this one. Well, it is interesting. Why can they kneel for BLM, though? How come they can kneel for BLM and that's their God, their woke God? There's nothing in the Constitution that says you can't establish BLM. Uh, But there is something that says you can't establish religion. The framers thought religion is different than politics. Now, I don't think it'd be well. A isn't good BLM idea organization their own their own form of religion? <laughs> well, of course, it's certainly <laughs> they <laughs> certainly don't stand for anything. They're woke God. Yeah. Isn't it just fundraising? Uh, isn't that all they're doing? They're fundraising. White houses in white neighborhoods. They're raising white funds. <laughs> they're raising funds to, to increase of, their own financial position. You can kneel at a position. football game in honor of BLM or whatever, and for some social made up social cause that probably never affected you, but if you kneel for God, but I understand what Professor Dershowitz is saying, but I wouldn't have a problem if somebody decided to, you know, praise Allah or something like that. If it was quick and Let's it was move on. Own. Let's move yeah. on. Professor, we love you. Thank you. We're going to do that Brooklyn oh, show soon. And you. we'll Good. catch Let's up again real soon. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Bye. Thank you. you know what? There is before we're waiting for Mr. McCarthy, but there is uh, your daughter just tweeted some breaking news. Well, tell me what it is. Governor Hochul is currently lobbying the New York State Demo- Democratic Legislature to change the law to get her ex Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin off the ballot, who is charged with felony corruption. So, what do you guys think how about, about that? Changing, how about changing the law to make New Yorkers safer? Well, she said. Don't you to, think it's more important? Well, she said today that tell, safety. Tell my daughter, make, tell change the law to make New York safer. That's maybe, more important. Maybe Hochul should have vetted him a little bit more before she put him on. Well, her, her ratings, her ratings are all time low. Yeah. She's got a real okay. problem. The Democrats uh, are in trouble right now. She has the a real problem. Somebody, They're in trouble. By the way, they're in trouble. In, in tomorrow's New York Post, we have a headline. We have a headline. One of our Christini stores had armed robbery, and there's a $10,000 reward. And why is it now a federal crime, John? It's a federal crime because they tied up the manager and, assist- and his assistant, and that made it a federal crime. And these guys are going to go around, go away forever. Wow. And what store? I'm not going to say it. Oh, okay? no, but it, it says it there. It's one, of, it's one of our stores. Okay, so it's one of the stores, and um, you'll see the ad, and you, if you know who these guys are, then you'll get $10,000. I mean, $10, uh, and we're going to, you know, $10,000. And uh, let's go to break, and then we come back with... Andrew McCarthy of the National Review. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. A 
common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. We want cr- we want crime to go away. We need our city safe again. Governor Hochul again. She was having Albany, a speech today. Al- Governor Hochul, Albany, the state uh, uh, Senate, the state assembly better realize that people are, how do you say, as mad as hell? They're mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore. That's it. We're tired of this. Look, we're going to open up these windows. Can we open up these windows? No. And start we yelling? must have a slow uh, room. I, no, I know. We're, there hell. we are. I'm not going to take this anymore. There you go. John, there we I go. did a good imitation. Well Subway, done. Subway well done. crime up 60% since January 1st. Overall violent. Overall crime is up 36.5%. 59% increase in grand larceny automobile. 48 in robbery. 40 grand larceny. Let's go. I understand it's with crazy. us today, the markets were down 800 points today. I understand we have with us uh, one of the chief guys at Fox. We have Charlie Gasparino. He knows what the heck is going on. Charlie Gasparino, what the heck is going on? <laughs> By the way, that's how you introduce me every time I come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, you know... Uh, what is going on? The market is finally digesting the fact that uh, the, pu- the the punch bowl is being taken away, and um, you know we, we markets are well off their highs. Obviously, we've been we've been uh, you know seen kind of a, a, a down a, a down uh, a down pattern for a long time. Tech is trading off, and uh, you know when the Fed stops you know giving giving out candy, you know this is what's going to happen. I, I think the bigger issue, though, I, than just the markets being down, is just how badly the, the Fed screwed this up. Uh, and now, because you can't have inflation, inflation, I, I mean, inflation is like worse than a recession. Or, you know, it's not worse than a depression, probably, but it's worse than a recession because it, it really, you're, you're actually trying to work harder and making less money if you're the average person. So it makes you feel like you're in, in, a, in a recession, but it's even worse because you have to work more. Um, you know, you often in a recession, you, you get transfer payments and things of that nature. And once you find a job, the salary will essentially be able to cover your expenses because prices are normalized. Inflation is worse than that. And I think that's the real issue here is just how badly they screwed this up. And it wasn't just the Fed and Jerome Powell. As they kept their, you know, the foot on the gas, uh, you know, make, you know, just blowing out, you know, lots of, of money, just pumping and pumping and pumping. It's also the Democrats in Congress who just did blowout spending plans when we didn't need it. They tried to do even more. You know, thank God the Build Back Better thing failed because we probably have 18 percent unemployment and a president that really has no clue that's going on. One of Joe Biden's great attributes, allegedly, was that he had experience. I mean, that's why, theoretically, he was supposed to be a good counter to Obama, who had very little executive experience. Oh, no, no executive experience was a senator for a couple terms, I believe, um, or maybe not even, maybe just one-term senator. Um, you know, Biden was supposed to bring this experience and knowledge. He really is clueless about what's going on. And, you know, it, 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 it shows in how he frames the, the, the debate about inflation, what his policies are. And uh, it's scary when you Charlie, have someone who's clueless. Clueless, clueless. And, and, then, and then you have Jerome Powell, who, who's clueless, too. Charlie, 
I've said it before. You've said it before. All they can do, they can solve inflation in 10 minutes. You make an announcement that you're opening up the spigots on oil in North America. And I, I got tears in my eyes. In North America, you open up the spigots, the price of oil will go down to, from 110 down to 55. And guess what? You'll solve the problem over the next 30, 60, 90 days. Probably. You know, we probably have to normalize. Interest rates have to normalize, and that will squeeze the markets. Uh, you probably will squeeze out inflation a lot faster if you do inflation that. Inflation will go away yeah. by, by, I would say, September if we turned on the spigots now. Now, and by the way, it, a stock market correction is not the worst thing in the world here. I mean, you know, good meme stocks, yeah, meme stocks and FTs and SPACs. I mean, these were all invented because Jerome Powell just kept printing money and money and money. So remember that that's not that'll go away. People will take losses as they should because guess what? When you start gambling, if there's no if there's no consequence to your gamble, well, then you create moral hazard, and then you know, and, you know we're off to the races all the time. When, the, when you know who's getting punished right now, the uh, middle class that's, well, that's in the, the markets. The middle class that's in the markets got punished. The poor and the middle class got punished by paying double the price for gas, thirty percent right. more for food. Now, right. and they and they don't have the money to invest in stocks, so they get they get screwed because they're net savers, and they you know they don't they don't go out and buy, you know, NFTs and stuff like that. You know, they don't have enough money. They're not sophisticated buyers. And, and, and the investors for IRA and whatever, they're getting screwed I agree. because of what's happening in the markets and the middle class getting screwed. Everybody else, they know how to play the market. Well, that's why I think normalization of interest rates now, he has to do it. He was forced to do it. He did it at – he had to do it. And because he waited so long to do this, meaning Powell – he had to do it at the worst possible time, like when we're involved in this sort of global unrest and uh, also, you know, where it really looks like President Biden is just losing his moral He's losing it. But you know what's interesting? Everybody tells me they think President, Obama, President Biden is not calling the shots, that he's a puppet, and that the other guys are calling the shots, you know, the Ron Claims and all this. I think that's wrong. I think they're not dumb enough to be doing the things that he's doing, particularly the oil thing that you mentioned, that they that President Biden becoming indulging his inner AOC is one of the dumbest things any politician has ever done in that office. And, you know, Ron Klain would not allow that to happen if he could stop it. This is all President Biden. Here's one other thing I'm going to tell you. Uh, I think the Democrats don't have anybody else to run. I don't think Oprah's going to run. She might make a horrible presidential candidate. We don't. We don't know. Uh, Michelle Obama. She could be really horrible on the campaign trail. She. It's Hillary the, versus Trump in twenty twenty four. You called that, John. John called that a few weeks ago. Oh, God, God help. It might, it might be Hillary, but Hillary is a bad candidate too. Yes. I think they're stuck with Biden and Harris. Well, I'll give you one more thing before, because we, we're otherwise we've got to take a break. The one more thing is. They don't have to raise interest rates if we got rid of inflation. We're turning on the spigots. I think we might have to raise it, John, only because they they have to normalize the markets. The markets are so nuts right now. Biden Biden is going to screw the real estate industry. They're going to wipe out the real estate industry and the growth in the real estate industry by those interest rates. 
I think you got to normalize it. It's just the whole thing is going nuts. Houses in Florida are going through the roof for no reason. I mean, you really need to normalize things right now because there's way too much money chasing too few goods. And I think the only way you do that is to raise rates at some marginal level. Well, I'm not saying go up yeah, to 10 percent, yeah. but you got to sort of normalize. Well, what was the things. name of the movie? Escape from New York. Well, that's yeah, the point, isn't that. it? Great movie. Yeah, Charlie, you're wrong by about terms of people flying to going to Florida because they're getting the hell out of New York. Yeah, they're voting with their feet. Uh, well, I know that. I was just down there. No, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is that, that there's some of that, but there's also some of that where there's a lot of money chasing around stuff in Florida. You wouldn't believe how many crypto gazillionaires there are down there. Now, I, you know, no, why? no, they're in Puerto Rico because uh, of all the Miami tax breaks in Puerto Rico and the Bahamas. They're in Miami too. I was just there. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie Gasparino. Thank you for keeping us informed and keeping the world informed. We'll catch up again real soon. Anytime, John. Thanks. Thank you. And now on the line, we have Andrew McCarthy. He's a columnist for the National Review. Hi, how are you? Okay, there was some breaking news. Breaking news, WABC. So we got that uh, breaking news. Uh, Financial records reveal Biden had $5.2 million in unexplained income. So that is some. Have you heard that yet, uh, Andrew? No, it's the first I've heard of it. All right. We'll send you, we'll send you the article. It comes out of the U.K., and usually they're right. And uh, on your next uh, visit, you'll tell us about it. Now, meanwhile, what's going on with Durham? Well, Durham is getting ready to go to trial on May 16th with Michael Sussman, who is the Democratic lawyer that he indicted last year for making a false statement to the government. And right now they're having what's known in the uh, business as uh, pre-trial motions to decide what evidence comes in at the trial. So to the extent we've been having all these revelations recently, it's because this litigation is going on. And uh, you think he's going to keep going on? Or do you think he'll, he'll get the low man on a tunnel pole and say, see, I did my job? Well, it's interesting. What's come out in the, in the motions in the last uh, week or two is that he says he still has an ongoing investigation. He has not made up his mind whether he's going to indict more people, including the uh, tech executive, whose name is uh, Rodney Jaffe, who supplied the lawyer, Sussman, with the uh, Internet communication records that are at the the heart of the Sussman case. Sussman is alleged to have lied to conceal – who he was working for when he brought these records to the FBI and asked them to investigate him. He said he wasn't working for anyone. In fact, he was, according to Durham, he was working for Jaffe, who was helping, hoping to get a job in cybersecurity in the what they anticipated would be the Clinton administration, the Hillary Clinton administration. Uh, and he was also working for the Clinton campaign. So that was what he allegedly lied to conceal. Uh, Durham says that he's still looking into whether these records are actually fraudulent or whether it was just, you know, the, these people were, uh, you know, hyped up because they were anti-Trump. Did he say, did he say the was, Russians gave it to him or what? <laughs> no, he didn't say the Russians gave it to him. But that, but the, it looked like the Hillary Clinton campaign had people to handle that part of it, too. Andy, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. You just had a recent article, a very interesting one, a National Review, and fundamentally you're saying what this is all about is a trial about false statements uh, to the FBI, 
But how does this lead up to the larger conspiracy to subvert uh, an administration and a campaign? Yeah, I'd be interested to what you think of this, because to me, this is fascinating. It's a it's a situation where the the charge at issue, I'm not trying to say it's not a serious matter to lie to the FBI, but in the scheme of things, it's a pretty modest felony charge compared to what Durham says he otherwise wants to prove in the case, which is basically that there was this scheme that was driven by the Clinton campaign to portray Trump as a clandestine agent of Russia who had a back channel, a covert back channel for uh, messaging with the Kremlin uh, in the hope of getting the FBI to investigate that so that they could portray Trump for political purposes as under a big Justice Department investigation. So even though the, the thing that is mainly at issue in the trial is whether Durham lied when he said he wasn't representing someone, it comes in the context of this big, broad, very consequential alleged conspiracy arrangement. And the question is, how much of that will the judge let in at the trial? Because very often, you know, prosecutors are allowed to prove evidence of crimes that haven't been charged if there's a relevant reason to do it. In Mo- the case. Motivation? But ju- yeah, motivations. Uh, that's exactly right, John. Motivation is one of the reasons. But the thing is, judges get very nervous when the background non-charged evidence that you want to prove at the trial is more serious than the crime that's actually alleged that the jury's being asked to decide about. So it's going to be interesting to see what the judge does with that. But you know what? It's going to get interesting because they've issued a lot of trial subpoenas I saw last on Friday to the Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign and the Democratic National Committee. So I think things are going to yep. get really heated and start to heat up I just, Listen, I just well, want the truth. We want the all. truth, yeah. I don't think we're going to get the truth. Well, yeah, well, I think, look, it'll get, it'll get heated, but it's also, it's also kind of amusing, and maybe this is just for those of us who were uh, trial lawyers and have a little bit of a sense of humor about what goes on even in these high-tension trials. You know, what's at issue in the case is whether – whether Sussman lied when he said he wasn't representing anyone. And what Durham is proposing to do is bring like the Clinton campaign and, uh, and this other guy, uh, Joffe in uh, to ask questions, which would get them to invoke their attorney client privilege under circumstances where the whole issue in the case is whether there was an attorney client relationship. So that's uh, you know, it's a problem for, uh, Sussman, because he's trying to argue that he didn't lie to the FBI, and yet the people that he was working with are in a position of now declaring the attorney-client privilege that he said didn't exist. But you also um, have, so. even if Durham doesn't go try to go higher up the food chain, and I think he should, and I think there'll be enough there to substantiate going forward, you always have the opportunity, as you know, to have a grand jury report. Yes, and it's in this instance... Under the federal regulations, it won't be a grand jury report, although it'll have grand jury evidence in it. The federal special counsel regulations call for the special counsel to write a uh, report at the end. And I think that's probably why then Attorney General Barr, right before he left the Trump administration, basically the last official act he he took was to name formally to name uh, uh, Durham as a special counsel. And I think he did that precisely for the reason you're talking about, so he could write a report at the end. 
Well, thank you so much, Andrew McCarthy, columnist for the National Review and other publications as well. You also served as assistant U.S. Uh, attorney for the Southern District of New York. Thank you, as always, for coming on in Cats at Night. My pleasure. And when we come back, we'll be speaking with Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman and why he's mad as hell. He is mad as hell. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. We got a guy that is mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. There was an astounding crime that happened. Tell us about it. Three kids, one seventeen, two of them 16 from New Jersey. They stole a car, broke into several others. They ran their car into several other police cars. Two detectives and three police officers sent to the hospital. They also had a loaded gun in the car. And what happened to them, Bruce Blakeman? Well, uh, thank you. Uh, this last Sunday, uh, a very alert police officer uh, saw a motor vehicle that he reasonably believed was a stolen vehicle. When he tried to pull the vehicle over, the vehicle took off. He had other police cars uh, respond. There was a pursuit. There was a marked police car behind uh, the vehicle with the three individuals. And uh, the police car was rammed in the rear, and then it was sideswiped. Two other police cars joined the chase. They were sideswiped, both of them. As a result, we have three police vehicles out of commission, two detectives injured, and three uniformed police officers injured by a gang of three individuals who came from New Jersey because of the liberal policies here in New York State regarding criminals. And they came here to steal cars and steal whatever they, what else they could. And they have no consideration. And they let them out. And they let them out. And so, so here's what happened. Uh, Because of cashless bail and because of raise the age, which now treats uh, people who are 16 and 17 years old uh, like they're juveniles rather than adults who know the difference between right and wrong, they were let out. However, and, and they come in, they come in from New Jersey to commit the crimes in New York. That's right. So here's here's the uh, the epilogue to the story so far. Uh, one of the individuals who identified himself to the judge as a juvenile turns out to be 18 through good police work. There was verification on whether or not he was a juvenile. He was released by the judge because he had to. And this individual lied to the judge. He is currently being rearrested. He was rearrested. He went before the judge. The judge is now setting bail, thankfully, at $100,000 because he lied to the judge about his age. And this is what goes on every day, not just here in Nassau County, but in the whole region because of the policies in Albany and the general feeling that Washington uh, does not respect law enforcement with this whole defund the police movement that we had to live through for the last two years. And I think the people in this state have had enough of it. They're fed up with it. And I'm certainly fed up with it because we've got a great police department. They do a great job, but they're frustrated because they arrest these individuals. 
and they're out the same day, and they're committing the same crimes over and over again. Bruce, Bruce, we're going to make a difference. We're going to make a difference this November because common-sense Republicans and common-sense Democrats are going to vote for people that are going to make a difference in Albany. Oh, I agree. And I think the independent voters are the ones that are really going to make the difference because in a lot of polling that I've seen lately, about two-thirds or more of independent voters have said that the laws in New York State are crazy and they're going to hold the governor and they're going to hold the legislature responsible, as they should. And, it's out of control. And you have district attorneys like the one in Manhattan who doesn't want to enforce the law. And Bruce, it's more uh, rights to criminals than victims. Bruce, it's Richard Weinberg. And you're fortunate that you have a very strong, smart law and order DA out in Nassau who just won, and Donnelly. But the point is, we're going to change every state senator in, in Long Island, in Nassau County, in Suffolk County, and every assembly person, because if these people don't believe in keeping our people safe, the heck with them. Now, Judge, the heck with them. And the other thing, I, I said to Governor Hochul, the people from out of state, the ones that come in from New Jersey, they want to commit crimes. They should not be eligible for bail reform. You can change that. John, as an excellent suggestion, as Bruce knows, we can change that law if the legislature, if you come from out of state to commit a crime in New York State, you can make that bail eligible per se. But, but Judge, this is Craig Eaton, Bruce. Judge, the, the legislature doesn't yes, want judge, to do that I, because the legislature doesn't want to put people in jail. The legislature doesn't want to well, see the change. Hell with them. Let's get rid of the, those, to, those people. It's, it's lunacy. But you know what? They, they and, intentionally and the rammed. Is, look, I believe in common sense Democrats. Yeah. But the, the problem is if they're going to vote the way that, that, that the Speaker wants them to vote and the way the, the uh, head of the Senate wants them to vote, what good is their vote? But also, John, we have to do something with the judges. I mean, these judges let these kids out. They intentionally rammed into patrol cars. I mean, these people need to be behind bars. Yeah, but well, that judge uh, had to follow well, the law. Wait a, wait a second. Yeah. Bruce and Craig, let me, let me say this about the, about the law. Number one, you still have the only state in the country where you can't hold somebody in dangerousness. If you had dangerousness as a standard, you could have held these people in. The legislature and the governor refused to change it. But I thought Governor Hochul did do something about the bail reform on a so, scale of 1 to 10. On how- a scale, you asked me that before, and as, as a former Supreme Court justice, let me tell you, on a scale of 1 to 10 to 0. Zero. It's a zero. So they she did, did not do enough to protect the people of this state. And now it is from Judge Richard Weinberg, a Democrat. Yeah. But you know what? John is right. We, we, need, we need to send a message. We need to change our elected officials in the Senate and the Assembly and make sure that we get common sense people, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. We need to make sure they're going to enforce our laws and make it safe for us yes. to live here. Let me make a point. Uh, there are a few common sense Democrats. Uh, like Mayor Eric Adams in New York City. And we support he, him. He agrees. He he agrees that that it's out of control. He wants to see changes. Um, he's got a police commissioner from from our job here in Nassau County. She's chief of detectives. She believes that the laws should be changed. Our own district attorney, Annie Donnelly, here in Nassau County, does a great job. She believes it should be changed. Uh, it's Republicans and Democrats, as you said, that have common sense. But unfortunately, the ones that are elected now that are in Albany, they're towing party line. And the party line is woke. It's progressive. It's far left. And it's pro-criminal. It's pro-criminal. Once again, they care more about the uh, suspects than the victims. That's what we're seeing over and over again. Thank you for fighting hard for uh, 
for safety in our streets. And uh, God bless you. And uh, thank you for coming on again today and speaking about it. We'll continue the fight. And it's always a pleasure to be on with all of you. Thank We're going to so stand much. side by side and we will win. We There's no other choice. You're right. No other choice. Uh, let's take a break so we can calm down a little bit because it, it's got me. Uh, you, you, I like it when you get off. I, I like it no, when you I get all fired. I believe in that. I believe it. We kind of keep our city and our country and our state safe. Well, they don't want it to be safe. I well, guess they, screw them. Let I, them go someplace else. I guess they're real doing real estate for Miami. When we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Peter Mikolos. He's always got some new medical information, like why you shouldn't be grabbing that aspirin ever so quickly. Is he we'll be teach right. us how to keep our blood pressure down now? I know, right? I need to take a blood pressure pill. Oh, okay. somebody get the blood pressure cuff for him. We'll be right back. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Dr. Mikolos, we need some blood pressure medication in here, stat, because John Katzmatidis is all fired up. We were talking about crime excited. before. We're getting excited. The crime is getting just as bad as ever, and, and we got to fix it, doctor. But don't grab an aspirin. Well, we need to, we, the diagnosis is reform, bail reform, as we've talked about. And uh, the other thing, as my grandfather used to say, you talked about freedom of speech. He said sometimes, uh, you know, free speech, there's a major uh, cost to it. And you're only free until you exercise your freedom, as, they, as you find out on uh, some of these uh, social media things when they block people left and right. But it's going to be an interesting thing that's happening. But let's get on to some medicine. There, there was some breaking we'll news on it. aspirin today. Is, uh, what, what is that? Yeah. Well, one in four people in the United States uh, die. Uh, the deaths are from heart disease. And uh, today, the United States Preventive Services Task Force, which is a group of physicians, uh, they recommended uh, no longer recommending daily aspirin to prevent the first heart attack or stroke among people 60 and older because they worry about bleeds in the brain, intestines, and stomach. And they think those risks outweigh the benefits. And people uh, age 40 to 59 should only take it if they're high risk for cardiovascular disease. And they said it had little benefit for people over uh, 75. But I've talked to a bunch of different doctors, and they say that it's a little more complicated than that because, you know, it doesn't really take into account if you have uh, lipid uh, profile problems, your cholesterol is out of control, your LDL, whether your C-reactive protein, which is a marker for inflammation and cardiac problems, your cortisol levels. It doesn't really take into account. There's also 3 million people in the United States who have something called factor V light and a genetic marker which increases your blood thickening and those people get more venous thromboembolism and more pulmonary embolism so that's not taken into account as well so some of the doctors i spoke to that there is a compromise you don't necessarily have to take it every day some doctors recommend people take it every other day every third day my doctor tells me to take it you know twice a week because the the full effect of aspirin can last up to seven days so you don't necessarily have to take it every day and uh so that's just and it's a doctor. That, uh, it's a it's a baby yeah. aspirin that they're recommending, isn't it? When you take it, yeah, baby aspirin is very powerful. If if aspirin were to come out today, it would be a prescription medicine. It's wow. an extremely powerful anticoagulant, antiplatelet uh, medicine, but uh, it is quite powerful. And the other thing is that people now can talk to their doctors, and some of the doctors are doing integrative medicine. There are also some foods and natural supplements that help to keep your blood thinner and have antiplatelets effect. For example, turmeric found in many uh, 
foods and spices, ginger, fish oil is found to be an antiplatelet uh, agent, cayenne peppers, vitamin E, CoQ10, uh, garlic, uh, cashew cinnamon, ginkgo biloba taken by many, grapeseed extract, and also St. John's wort, which is used by many, a natural substance for depression, also has blood thinning uh, effects. That's why uh, we tell people before surgery, uh, and also even before you go for a dental cleaning, people forget to uh, you know stop these or slow these things down, and you need to discuss it with your doctor because all these things increase uh, bleeding. But there are natural ways to help keep your blood thin, and also baby aspirin was found actually um, one of uh, John's friends, Dr. Basil Rigos, uh, discovered that baby aspirin helps reduce the incidence of colon cancer because many cancers are associated with inflammation. So there are benefits. So there has to be a a compromise, and I think talking to your individual doctor, but the doctors I spoke to, they're not telling people to stop completely, that there is a compromise, and you don't necessarily have to take it every day to have some protective effect to keep your blood thinner, running thin like skim milk instead of thick like half and half. That's why people get more strokes and heart attacks when they're out in the heat playing tennis, golf. You hear about strokes and heart attacks without shoveling snow, sweating, and dehydrating because your blood runs thinner like like a half and half instead of thick, thinner like a skim milk, just like when you drink more fluids, you uh, have thinner blood and you're less likely. That's why they always say stay hydrated. I'm gulping my water down. I think well, he was sneaking an aspirin in there, too. I'm not sure. Women, too, their bladders affected, so they don't want to keep running to the bathroom. So older people tend to dehydrate themselves and they forget how important hydration is. It's very important, especially now that we take all these different medicines and things that we need to take them with fluid and stay hydrated, especially in the summer as things are heating up in the tri-state area. We want our listeners to be healthy and to stay very well hydrated. So drink a lot of water in the summer, drink a lot of water, and, and maybe you should check with your doctor and take one or two aspirin a week at least, but check with your doctor first, right? Yeah, absolutely. Discuss it with your doctor, but there is a middle ground. It's not like, oh, everybody has to stop it. I think you have to really discuss it with your doctor and uh, discuss the risk-benefit ratio and depends on your family history. You know, if you have a family history of heart disease and your LDL and your cholesterol is out of control, think of your blood as motor oil. If it's thick 20W50 motor oil, we want to try to get it like 10W30 light motor oil. So we want to keep the pump going for a long time and keep our listeners healthy to live to be 100. Well, well, thank you. And uh, anything, I understand that some of our friends uh, uh, got COVID and they were prescribed uh, uh, the uh, the pill. Um, yes. Is that in, in big, is this there. in big supply now? Well, you can get it. You go to COVID dot org and put in your zip code, and then you should be able to get it. But it has been challenging in many areas. And certain areas like Westchester, it's been more challenging to get these pills or yes, some I areas know. that people have told me. Which, so, pill, uh, which pill are we talking well, about? Well, Paxlovid in Westchester, a family, a family yeah. member of mine, I don't want to say who, but a family member of mine diagnosed with COVID, and it was a struggle to get her the antiviral medication. And then finally, City MD. And, and a good friend of mine got it, and uh, she said that uh, they got it on the pharmacy, the CBS pharmacy on 57th Street. And I understand from our pharmacy supervisor, Judge Weinberg, that we can't get it because of X, Y, and Z. Why don't you look into it tomorrow? And maybe uh, we'll, we'll, we'll name that uh, distributor that doesn't give it to us. 
Yeah, only a pharmacy that was like all the way on the other side of town. Could we find it finally? Yeah. Well, there was a report this morning. The White House is expanding access to. Well, why, why, why those, why certain areas getting it and others don't? Well, I think the judge should Democrats? look into because they want so Democrats right now, to live. COVID nineteen. Go to COVID COVID dot org. Put in uh, your zip code, and hopefully it'll tell you a pharmacy nearby Dr. where you can get it. And it's two options. Thank you. Thank you very much, Doctor Michalos. Uh, thank you. Thank you for keeping so many of our listeners alive and giving them good advice. And uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Stay healthy and safe, and you guys are doing a great job. Thank you, and you too. And I understand calling in from the streets of New York. We got Curtis Sliwa. He's patrolling the streets with his guardian angels. And uh, Curtis, uh, is it getting any better out there? No. In fact, yesterday I stood on the corner of 86th and 4th in the heart of Bay Ridge with Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis to announce the immediate uh, application of guardian angel patrols in the area. Now, John... I never in my life for 43 years in running the Guardian Angels was ever asked once to have Guardian Angels in Bay Ridge and Diker Heights. But the crime is just increasing, and uh, we are going to be starting as of tomorrow. We're going to be covering Bay Ridge and Diker Heights, which is a reflection of what's happening all over the city. Crime is just skyrocketing. It's, it's just going up and up and up. You know what, Curtis? This is Craig Eaton. I've lived in Bay Ridge for about 25 years now. And I've seen such a dramatic change in the last two or three years. I mean, there's people getting shot in. I got shot in a barber shop on Fifth Avenue a few months ago in broad daylight. Never before have we seen this. Craig, yesterday when I stood on the corner, there were a line of people coming up and talking to me about crimes committed against them yeah. and their businesses. You're so right. I promise you, Craig, you've been such a good supporter of Bay Ridge. And Dyker Heights, that we will be there each and every day to make a difference and to support the police in trying to bring law and order to Bay Ridge and Dyker Heights that never had this problem before. You know, Curtis, thank you so much to you and your wife and all the guardian angels for everything they do for us here in New York City each and every day. God bless you guys. Yeah. Curtis, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. What's going on in the subways? Horrible. Uh, Jamaica Station, last stop. The connection uh, of the E and the J to the LIRR, very busy station. Right at the entrance of the station, a man was shot dead at rush hour. Cold-blooded murder. Uh, You have the MTA police that are stationed there. The NYPD police were stationed there. None of them were there. The suspect has escaped. Hopefully, Judge. The uh, video cameras that we paid millions of dollars for were working because two-thirds of them are not working in the subways, and this guy can be apprehended. But imagine, rush hour, cold-blooded murder. The place is packed with Long Island Railroad users and E and J uh, train users. Again, the crime is up 72% in the subways. And it's not getting any better. And I just saw something from the New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He wants New Yorkers to photograph transit cops who are on their phones instead of the on the trains or on the platforms. He tells them, New Yorkers, you see that, you send me a photo and I'll be at that station. Oh, my God. Well, thank you, uh, Curtis Lewa. Keep fighting for our citizens. Thank you so much. And Judge Weinberg, thank you for being here. Craig Eaton, thank you for defending our, our city and our country. And my sidekick, Lydia Serrani, thank you. And God bless New York. God bless America. We need God's blessings. Thank you.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.